I'm on serious manifestation TikTok. I'm fully bought into all of it. I was scrolling through my feed the other day and it was like ocean music and some really just deep words. And it was like, I just know that this is your week. Click the follow button, comment, like to claim this oh. energy. And I do it every single time, which is obviously no, Mary, no, that is not the move, but I, I will say I am kind of, a, I am into the manifestation vibes like Heather McMahon. If any of y'all follow her, I love her so much. And she's a big like manifester of like, I'm going to write this down and I'm just going to put this out into the world and we're going to see if that happens. If you're listening to this, we send a little, you know, good vibes your way. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another week of the Those Girls podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Mary. We're excited to have you guys back. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for also all the nice things that you guys have reached out and said to us. So much love, so much support. We feel so loved. So we are back for another episode. And this week we're going to be talking about irrational fears And then we're also going to be talking about one of our favorite topics, which is therapy. We don't have mics yet. So just FYI, if the sound quality is a little eh right now, it's going to get better. We do have mics on the way. I promise. Keep bearing with us. We're going to get there. So also something that we realized before we get into this week's topics that a lot of you guys don't know how me and Rachel are friends. Yeah, so sorry about that. Yeah, sorry that you have zero context about our friendship. So before we get into this week's topics, we figured we'd just give you a little quick recap. I met Rachel my freshman year of college when I went down to the University of South Carolina. Which was super random for Mary but ended up working out great for any of us who wanted to be friends with her. Yeah, really random that I did that, but decided to go to USC. And then I met you because you had just graduated that year or the year before. It was like the year before I had just started. I had been out of college a year and just started my new like big person job. Right. Okay. Yeah. Some of the girls that I became friends with were in 80 pie and you were friends with a lot of those same girls. Yes. If any of you guys listening don't know what 80 pie is, it's a sorority. Welcome <laughs> to the South. The sorority of the South. We just clicked. We became instant BFFs, even with a four-year age difference that made Rachel so uncomfortable all the way up until I was 21. It was so weird to be friends with someone who was legitimately like four grades younger than me. And it made me feel so uncomfortable the whole time. But I was like, this girl's really cool. Like she doesn't really act like she's 18 or 19 like I don't feel like she's 19 it didn't feel weird most of the time but then there were some times where the only time that really was made me feel really like oh my god this is our age difference was when we would go places and like you had to use like a fake ID and I was like okay (laughs) I've been I have been drinking for like a long time like this is this is weird it was very uncomfortable for me but okay we moved past it we would be at dinner and Rachel would just like stare down at her drink or something or just like look at her phone that's what you would do you would look at your phone you know we'd be at like a Mexican restaurant and 
you wouldn't order a margarita because you were with me and you almost didn't want to encourage or you didn't want to have to deal with the disc- the fallout. <laughs> I can't be drinking with Mary while she's using her fake ID. But like, I'm at dinner with you. So it's like, and I'm not doing anything illegal. It is what it is. You're well over 21 now, but 24 year old me was like, I I'm, I'm good. I, I'll have, I'll have a water. Yeah. So anyways, we have been friends for a while now. I ended up transferring and left USC after my sophomore year, but we still remained friends. I'm down there a lot or Rachel's come up here. I was in Rachel's wedding last year, but we've also been to a lot of the same weddings of our other friends. So I feel like at some point, I feel like I see you a lot. Just, yeah, we run in the same circles. Our paths cross, you know? Yeah, they do for sure. We socialize in the same, in the same areas. So that's just a little recap of me and Rachel's friendship. We just want you guys to know you are listening to two actual real friends that are starting a podcast. Irrational fears. We all have them or some of us maybe don't. (laughs) Everybody has them. Everybody has something that they are like terrified of, but and you know, in your mind, it's crazy to be afraid of this, but you just can't help it. Either some guy in high school one time told you that you should be afraid of this, or you read it on the news one time and it's just kind of stuck. Just really deep inside of you for the rest of your life. Yes. Never truly goes away. There's two major ones that I know are so ridiculous that I'm like, I should not carry Like, I should not believe this because of I am an educated woman. I am grown. But one that I have carried with me since college, my best friend, she told me that if you get into a car accident with a full bladder, you will die. Your bladder will explode and you will die. Oh my God. And so I always. That's have, like I, one of those ridiculous, like Uber fact tweets from like 2011. No, literally she will not get into the car without going to the bathroom first. And I like have gotten to the point. I, I used to do that in college. I would not go to the bathroom unless I, or I would not get into the car unless I got to the bathroom first. But now I'm like, ah, uh, whatever, you know, it is what it is. If I, <laughs> if it's my time, it's my time. <laughs> it's my time. It's my time. So that was like an irrational fear that I carried all throughout college. See, an irrational fear that I have that I've carried with me deeply in my entire life. I am so terrified that I'm every single time that I'm in the ocean, I'm going to touch the bottom, like the depths of the ocean, like at the ocean's core. What are you afraid is going to happen if you do that? Like, cause I touch the bottom of the ocean all the time. I like to touch the bottom of the ocean if I'm swimming the ocean. Cause it brings me comfort. I don't know. I think it's just the ocean. It's so terrifying. Like I can't wrap my head around it. It's like, we know nothing about it. I saw this TikTok where somebody was explaining how deep the ocean really is. The little submarine in the video is going deeper and my anxiety was just like getting higher. It's so freaky to me. And I just, I'll never be like vertical. It just like stresses me out. I'll always be in some kind of like treading water position or just like floating on my back or floating on my stomach. 
the other irrational fear that I have is space in general. Sometimes I just think about it too long and I'm convinced that Earth is going to get knocked off of its orbit and we're going to get sent into a black hole. What? Ocean and space are like these these two things that are just so terrifying to me. Like in general, I just find- Those are very existential. Like, <laughs> oh gosh. It is pretty crazy, but it definitely does not give me anxiety. I'm just like, uh, it is what it is. If it's my time, it's my time. I don't think about it often, but when it comes up, lose like 20 minutes of sleep, just trying to fall asleep, like getting it out of my head what that is so much oh I know it's it's hard when you're carrying the weight of the world (laughs) oh my gosh my craziest irrational fear that I still sometimes carry not even gonna lie but it comes from growing up in you know the southern baptist world I was so afraid growing up that I was gonna get pregnant from a toilet seat like a public toilet seat and no one was going to believe me that I didn't have sex. Like as a 16-year-old virgin in a church youth group, I was literally terrified. Like I think honestly, if I, if that had happened to me and no, the thing was, I was like, no one would believe me. No one would believe me that I didn't have sex. No one, not my parents. And I know my parents would have been supportive if I had had a teen pregnancy. Like they would have been, they would have helped me take care of the baby, all of those things. But I was like, I know they still wouldn't believe me that I didn't have sex. Like they would eventually be like, you need to tell us who the father is. And I would be like, I can't because I got pregnant from a toilet seat. But like, I, that was a fear I carried all of high school, all of college. For some reason, it was such a hard one to shake. Like that was such an irrational fear that I was just like, I can't get over this one. Like it was always in the back of my mind. I would literally be having these conversations with myself and I'd be like, Rachel, you're not having sex. You have to have sex to get pregnant. (laughs) What are you thinking? So I would have to like talk myself down from this ledge of like, what, what is happening in your brain right now? it's like mean girls don't have sex you'll get pregnant and die literally that is like that is kind of how it was it was just like don't get don't have sex don't you'll get pregnant and die those are some irrational fears that we have I don't know if anybody else has has had any really terrifying experiences where they've woken up in the middle of the night worrying about you know earth's orbit or maybe you're like Rachel in a culture where the South Carolina education system failed you and taught you abstinence. (laughs) Instead of safe sex. Instead of safe sex. So those are some real life irrational fears that Mary and I have. You know, obviously everyone has those, but Mary and I also have like real stuff that stresses us out that we go through, we've walked through some hard things. And so one of the best ways that has helped us kind of navigate those things is therapy. And so we just thought it would be really good for us to talk about that today with you guys. So yeah, we're going to get into it. We love therapy here on the Those Girls podcast. We are product of divorce. Shout out to my divorced kids out there. 
if you're a part of the 50-50 club, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce. If you're a part of that statistic, we love you. We see you. We feel you. Isn't that kind of crazy that the statistic is 50% and it just keeps going up? I've thought about it my whole life. So uh, it's what pays my therapist mortgage. If you've ever had to be a bridesmaid in your mother's wedding, we see you. We feel you. Um, and by we, I mean me. Um, anyways. I'm starting therapy next week for the first time in a year. I've taken a little break from therapy and the point of it is, is just being able to talk to someone. And so I don't think there has to be like some major trigger point in people's lives for them to go to therapy. It's just nice to be able to talk to someone. I've been in therapy for, I guess, three years now. I definitely, I don't know who else struggles with anxiety, but I definitely have struggled with some anxiety. Therapy has helped me so much with dealing with anxiety, but there was a time in my life not too long ago where rather than going to a therapist, I decided that a, that a psychic was going to be the answer to all of my anxiety problems. A psychic was the answer to all of Mary's anxiety problems. Honestly, I feel like my anxiety, like my real life anxiety started after I started messing with psychics. Yeah. I, I fully believe that I would feel anxious. I'd have, I'd had, I had a little bit of anxiety, but I feel like it was mostly just stress. And then I started messing with the psychic world. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden the anxiety was like a hella high. Yeah. Like I remember after my first semester of sophomore year, I was having this like existential crisis where I really wanted to transfer, but I loved all my friends and I was having so much fun. It was creating so much anxiety. And so rather than seeking therapy, let me tell you what Mary drained her bank account calling psychic after psychic. Honestly, one of the like craziest things that I've done slash do I haven't done it in a long time but like the last time that I talked to a psychic was a year ago I would have to talk her off a ledge because of something her psychic told her was going to happen I think one time her psychic told her she was going to get married like in this time frame or she would go on a date with someone and her psychic would tell her that he wasn't the one but Mary really liked him so she was like well should I go on a second date with him if you if I'm not going to marry him This is like so crazy, honestly, when I'm thinking back to this, it was over the phone and I would pay, I don't even want to tell you guys how much money I would pay. Quite a lot of money that Mary has sent to the psychic. I would not recommend that. I would recommend calling a therapist. I would recommend talking to a counselor that's going to just help you work through making decisions or dealing with anxiety. You're going to learn also some coping skills so that whenever anything, you know, stressful in your life happens your default isn't, oh my gosh, I need to call a psychic. I don't fuck with psychics. I have seen how it is messed with Mary's head. I want as little to do with a psychic as possible. Like if I drive, if I'm like driving down the road and I see like a sign, like psychic $10 an hour or whatever, I'm literally like, I rebuke, I get it away, get it away. Absolutely not rebuke, rebuke, rebuke. I don't judge you for it, but I'm just saying I don't mess with it. I don't mess with it. Oh, it's definitely dark energy. 
It no, is dark energy. I agree with you. I know that. That's why I'm not doing it. And that's <laughs> why I am. That's why I am not allowing myself to go down that road. I swore off psychics a year ago. I fully did. <laughs> I swore off psychics a year ago. And I said, I am going to only trust in therapy. I'm trusting in medicine. I'm trusting in therapists. I'm trusting in counseling. That's where the healthy situations are. Yes. That is where all of the good things happen. That's where all the healing and growth happens. Not with psychics, but psychics are so tempting. I don't know if anybody else feels this way. I really hope that there's people out there that are like, yes, Mary. I I also struggle with <laughs> with calling psychics. I know I'm not going to call them out, but I know for a fact, there are people that are listening that do call psychics. I have so many crazy psychic stories. I can't even begin to tell you. It's not like there's just one that I've seen and that I've talked to. There's been multiple and there's so many different people that swear that the psychic they've talked to is the, the most legit. Is the one. She's the one. She knows it all. Anyways, enough about the psychics. You're starting with a therapist this week. Are you nervous to start with a new therapist? Are you excited? Are you stressed to go back to therapy? Are we feeling relieved? What are our thoughts? Nine out of 10 excited, one out of 10 very nervous because there's always that chance that it could just not be a good match. It could be a little weird. You just never fully know until you meet your therapist hopefully it is like a really good situation but there is always that chance that it's like oh is this weird it also takes a while for them to kind of get to know you you know like it kind of takes a couple times for them to for y'all to have like that back and forth of like tell me about your life traumas and like some things I'm like oh we just don't need to like I don't need to fill you in on all the details you know like like it'll happen as we keep talking but we don't need to dive into it right now yeah, I'm just like, we can like, oh, you had to be there, you know, like you had to be in my first therapy session. So I'm just kind of like, uh, it is what it is. We don't need to dive deep into that. There's pieces of me that I'm just kind of like a little nervous, a little antsy, a little apprehensive, but mostly I'm really excited. It really does take a few tries sometimes to find a therapist that you vibe with. And you don't need to vibe in like a best friend's way either. Like you don't need to. No, 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 no. It's just finding somebody that for whatever reason, you feel comfortable being honest with them about it. It seems pretty obvious that you should be honest with your therapist, but there's like a lot of times where I've been in therapy before and she's asking me just about like my day or asking me about like a situation and I almost don't want to give up all the details or like all the information and I'm not trying to hide anything, but I think it's just like, it's uncomfortable to be fully and totally honest with somebody about something that you feel or some of the things that you think, because in normal life, like with friendships, with relationships, no one's ever hundred percent honest because if everyone was 100% honest about every single thought and feeling that they had about people, there would be absolute chaos. There's things that I've thought in my head that I've been like, I can never say this out loud. But then I've said them to my therapist. And then when I finally say it, I feel this like release and they help me work through those feelings. But there's not, there's not a consequence in terms of letting that out because 
I'm not telling it to my best friend or my husband or another, you know, person in the situation. And so it is really nice to kind of have that person that really is just going to be able to just walk through that with you. I think the weird thing about therapy too, is I always right before every session, I'm always like, I should cancel. Like, I don't want to go to therapy today. I have actually canceled on a therapist before. And then I feel so bad because I I don't, it's like, why, why did I do that? I'm doing absolutely nothing. Then it's hard once you cancel one to not want to cancel the next one. I know. And then it's just, it's like going, it's like literally like going to the gym. I'm such an extreme person too, that I don't work out one day. I have this horrible, unhealthy mentality where I'm like, oh gosh, I've ruined it. Now, now I'm done working out forever. Now I can never work out again because I've ruined the phase and the whole grind that I was in. And that's how I feel about therapy. Once I cancel on my therapist once, I just know the next time I'm like, oh, well, whatever. It's, it's done. I tried. I am the same way, like worth working out. I'm either all or nothing. I'm either eating extremely clean, working out very regimented, or I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm getting a cookout milkshake on my way home from work at 1230. Like it's one or the other. I think if you're someone that's wondering is therapy for me or do I need to go to therapy? I think the answer is always yes. I also think a big question that some people ask is like, how long do you go to therapy? Like for me, it's been, I guess like three years now, but it's also been off and on. So like for you, you're going back now after like a year or a year and a half, but I went three years ago and was going really consistently for like a year. And then I took like six months off for no reason. I just like, I moved and then I started school back up again. And I just like, didn't find the time to do it. And I didn't feel like I really needed it the way that I did the year before. And then it's kind of just like gone in and out. So I feel like it's really just as needed. Like if you feel like you've gone for a year or you just want to chat with somebody and for the rest of your life, you just want to have somebody to come along with you on the things that happen in your life. Like you're the main character. They're like your interviewer, just giving you an update on my life. I think it's just like really depending on the situation that you're in, but we would, we would encourage anybody that's listening to, to just at least try it. Even if you feel like there's really nothing stressful or anxious in your life, like just go, go chat with somebody. Your insurance will probably pay for it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think that was a big thing is like it, I was like, oh, it's so expensive, yada, yada, but you can definitely figure out ways your employer probably has a way to pay for it. HR Rachel coming out. But if you work for a big corporate company or a church or anything like that, honey, milk those free sessions, like look and see if they have an EAP program and give them a call. They probably give you at least four or five sessions free of charge. So this is a pro tip from HR, Rachel, just a little pro tip for you on counseling, getting free counseling sessions out of your employer and letting them pay for it for you. I've had friends who've been like, I tried therapy and it, I didn't like it. I would say you need to give it a couple times. You also need to make sure that the therapist you're going to is right for you. I have learned I prefer to go to female therapists, but some people will go to like one or two sessions with one therapist and be like, I did not like this. I'm never doing this again. Therapy didn't work for me. 
then I would say you do have to kind of try it out a little bit. So if you guys are also interested in therapy, but don't really know where to start, there's so many resources about it right now. You can obviously go online through your insurance and just go onto the website and like look at therapists that are within your network. But there's also some apps. I know there's Talkspace is one of the app. It connects you with a mental health professional and you can, you can even have therapy sessions over text. BetterHelp is another one. They offer a very similar service. Basically, you can go on, look for a licensed counselor that will that's in your area. You can also filter through counselors with different that deal with different specialties. So if you're looking for a counselor with a specific religion affiliation or a specific gender or that is specialized in a specific area, anything like that, um, you can filter through any counselors in your area. So um, if there is a specific desire that you have in a counselor, they will try to match you up. Let us know if there's also any other questions that you guys have about therapy. We hope that this has helped some of you guys. Okay, guys, we're starting a segment on our podcast. It's called Those Girls Moment of the Week. Welcome to our first Those Girls Moment of the Week. We're going to be talking about any moments from our week for each of us where we were ever that girl. And by that girl, I mean really anything that you've done or a situation that you just don't want to be in. Um, This week, I would say for both of us, we were those girls that were being shady as hell. (laughs) The fact that we were secretly planning and recording a podcast and not really telling any of our close friends about it was not our proudest moment. We are proud of the podcast. We probably looking back could have handled it differently with certain friends. We didn't really tell any of our friends because it was just like, we'll tell them eventually. For the most part, most of our best friends who I speak to every single day, I was like, I'm not going to tell them. I cannot tell them until this is like actually happening. To all of our friends, I'm sorry. We were those girls who were keeping secrets from you. Consider this our formal apology. I'll also take some responsibility because before we did launch, you did text me and you said, hey, I kind of feel weird. Should I text a couple of our best friends to let them know? And I said no. Mary has much less of a conscious when it comes to feeling the need to fill people in on things than I do. I am much more like, oh, we need to tell people. And Mary's like, oh, they'll be fine. And I'm like, no, no, no. We need to be honest. We need to tell people. And Mary's like, oh, no. I'm not sure if we've lost a few friends along the way, but hopefully you can all find it in your heart to forgive us. We would love, though, to hear some of your stories or your moments of the week where you were that girl. You can email us at thosegirlspod at gmail.com or you could DM us on Instagram at thosegirlspodcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. Thank you so much for how supportive all of you guys have been. Also, if there's any topics that you guys want to hear us chat about you can also email us or dm us it's been so fun hanging out with you for two weeks in a row now we're gonna get mics next week don't worry about it our sound quality is going to dramatically improve for episode three 
pray for the sound quality. Pray that Mary doesn't call a psychic again. We hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you next week.